ambition, confidence, passion, curiosity, risk-taking, knowledge, strategy, time management, social skills, tenacity. Being successful as an entrepreneur in the modern music industry requires so many things. Welcome to Make Moves in Music, the podcast. I'm John Kleinbell, your host and six-figure business owner. Join me each episode for insights on the mindset and practical plans needed to build a successful freelance business that you own. Make music, make moves, make money. M3. Helping you earn more than ever in the music industry, here's John Kleinbell with Make Moves in Music, the podcast. Are you looking for a sweet treat? Are you wanting something that's sweet without all that nasty sugar? Well, if you're anything like me, you're always looking for how can I get that sweet fix without totally wrecking my diet. So let's talk about Smart Sweets for a second. If you want something sweet without all the sugar, Smart Sweets is where it's at. If you're like me and you have a serious sweet tooth and you want those certain candies that you're, oh, you're not supposed to eat them, you can have your sweets and eat them too. My favorite are the sweet fish. They're just like the ones in the yellow bag. They're so delicious. The time to act on that craving for sugar is right now. You can always do it in a healthy way with Smart Sweets. Go to smartsweets.com and enter in promo code M310 for a discount. Again, smartsweets.com, pick out your favorite sweet treats and enter in promo code M310 for that sweet, sweet, sweet discount. All right, everyone. This week, my guest is Cheryl B. Engelhart. She's a number one best-selling artist, film composer, and musician coach. Dozens of film and ad scores, four piano pop albums, 20 tours, 40-plus TV placements. What hasn't Cheryl accomplished? She also supports musicians in crafting their ideal careers as a consultant and on her site in The Key of Success. We cover so many topics, including what it takes to build an authentic community as a recording artist, music licensing, and how to set goals and have fun knocking them down. All right, I've talked enough. Let's just jump right into the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to have you on here. You are bringing so many different perspectives when it comes to being an artist, comes to branding and communicating with an audience. You have such a just detailed background. You have a lot of formal education around music, but then you also have an amazing amount of just practical experience out there. You've done a lot of touring. You've had a lot of music, TV placements under your belt. And now you're really like working to help independent artists to, to level up. And it's really cool. I think we're, we've got so much to talk about. Where do we start? <laughs> Well, I mean, you said one of my favorite sort of phrases, which is level up. And I think it it's like a, it's a phrase that I feel like shows up for people when they hit a plateau and they've sort of done everything that they know to do. And I, I can say this because I've hit it many times. And, and you sort of have this just like, like, I don't want to like have another single release that like no one hears. I don't want to release a record. I don't want to like have a tour or like go to play a bar where like no one's listening. Like you just sort of get this thing of like, I've done all the things I know to do and I'm ready to level up. But then there's this, but what does that mean? (laughs) And I think that (laughs) means something different for a lot of people, but that's, you know, I love that you said that phrase right off the bat, because I think that that when I really dig in and get curious about what that means at any given moment, any time that pops up for me, that's really what's opened up 
what comes next for me. So yeah, it's, it's what it's, it's thinking of things. It's like, how do we not continue doing the exact same thing and getting the same results? How do we really step things up a notch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes that's scary, you know, like we human beings in general, definitely are built to survive. And if we're thinking about leveling up everything we've done up until this point, we're still alive, right? No matter how much suffering there's been, like we're still here. So, so we kind of keep doing the same thing because we're like, well, it's technically worked, right? Like our brain is actually doing that work to say like, Hey, even though you've eaten 19 pounds of chocolate and felt totally gross, like you're still alive. So there's something to eating 19 pounds of chocolate and feeling gross. So it's like, wait a second, we're making bad decisions, but it's actually all led us to this one moment of still being alive. So there's there's really interesting brain science around why we want to stay comfortable and stay doing things that we know are not being effective, that haven't gotten results we want, or are actually unhealthy for us. Like it's why we stay in bad relationships or like can't change our eating habits, like whatever that is. There is this like brain chemistry working sometimes against us. So to really step out of what has been the norm for you and, and what has been comfortable, even if it's not been pleasurable. Like, you know, my favorite example is like playing those bars where like literally no one's listening. Like you, you never sell CDs, you never sell merch, you never sell anything. And like, but like to go out on a limb and and try to do a different kind of gig or to pitch to a different, you know, anything else can feel really scary. And you're like, why is this so scary? This, this clearly will, if I, if I get a yes, this is going to be so much better, but that <laughs> that's a big leap, you know? It takes a surprising amount of bravery, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It really does. And I think every musician that is, is here thinking every artist that wants to create more, more than just for themselves, which is first of all, totally valid. If you're like, Hey, I just want to create for myself and, and not push it out there and like, forget all this music business stuff. Like, super valid. But I feel like we're talking to people that are like, Hey, I'm creating something. I want it to get out there. I want it to get heard. I want to create that connection with listeners. I want to make an impact for them. Um, and I want to make a career out of it. So to those people, yes, there's a lot of bravery to take this thing that you created from your, your heart and soul, and then have to go through this process of how do I now sell it, you know, and sell is this four letter word in the, you know, art, <laughs> art world. But, uh, yeah, it take it definitely takes bravery. Such a process, you know, and I think that there's this is to be said too with this is that there's a lot of parallels between and you talk about the brain chemistry and the science of this all and how we are we built neural pathways for perhaps they revolve around our pleasure centers. We don't really know exactly how it all works, but one of the things that's for sure is what you talked about where it's like we have these unhelpful, whether they're habits, whether they're just like the way in which we live our lives that have gotten us like through things and, and, and had us survive. So let's start to explore like some, what are some of the ways that we can really like start to climb up out of some of that stuff? Because it's like, a, it can be a lifelong process for people. What's a good place to start? Maybe we could talk about, uh, because this is something I think a lot of independent artists sometimes struggle with is how to build community. Like what are yeah. some basic things that indies can do to get started with growing and nurturing an authentic following? Yeah. I love that you said community because, you know, one of the ways to get out of your 
repeating patterns, the unhealthy brain chemistry that's sort of the default going working on its own in the background when we're not being really intentional. Um, and and the two things I was going to say is how do you break out of that uh, to answer that question is one, getting clear on what you want and two, having a community and or some level of accountability to get you out of it. And community can mean two things, I think, for musicians. It means a community of fans, people supporting your music, the people that will purchase your music, the people that will follow you and stream and that are on your email list, which is, if you don't already know, your email list is still the number one way to actually monetize the stuff you create, the merch and the music um, over social media. But that that's a great community. But there's also community of being around other musicians who are where you've been and maybe a, a step further or a couple steps further. And they're they're guiding you and you're seeing what's possible and you're being able to see the options so that you can create that clarity of, okay, this is what I want for myself this year. This is what I want for my career. This is my financial goal. This is the number of streams I want and getting really specific and like not being afraid of the numbers and, and, and having, having the clarity and then having the community to support you. I use my fan base as accountability. Like they're my accountability. Like when I say, Hey, I want to do this. I want to, hit this sales chart. I want to do like, I tell them. And then as soon as I press send on that email, like, Hey, here's a new game that we're all going to be playing here. It, it takes a second for me to be like, oops, send. Cause once I say it, <laughs> then I got to do it. And that's super scary. You know, I've, I've seen these posts on Instagram where it's like, don't tell anyone your goals, just tell them when you achieve them. And I'm like, Mm. I, I don't know if we can swear on this, but I'm like, oh, go for it. Yeah. Fuck that noise. <laughs> like scream your goals from the rooftop. There is, first of all, I was a biology major at Cornell university. I am a huge dork and I love my numbers and I love research. So when I see a, a, a study that is like airtight, that says when you declare out loud to another human being, your goal, you're 36% more likely to achieve it. Like, hello. That's, a, that's like, a very strong number. And then when you share progress updates, like weekly, like here's how it's going, you're like 75% more likely to achieve it. That's like, like kind of a no brainer. Like, why are we not sharing this? And you also never know who's going to be like, oh, that's interesting. I know someone who could help you. I know like if people don't know what you're up to, how are they going to be stepping up and how are you going to have, you know, the world, the universe, you know, if you want to get woo woo about it, really supporting that if you're just kind of hiding out and like seeing if it will happen and then you'll share like, no, none of that. Yeah, Cheryl, the crazy thing that you're talking about that I totally it's crazy in quotes, but it's like it's it's just so true. It's like, how are the things that are meant to happen in your career if you allow yourself to express them out loud into the world of your community uh, there's so many, t I'm sure there's people that are listening to this podcast right now where there's somebody who could potentially totally change your music career that is yeah. in your network already, but they don't have any idea what it is that you truly want to do. Yeah, totally. You, you just, you just don't know. I mean, and here's the thing. It's like, the music industry is very up and down. It's very unpredictable. I had someone who worked at a, I used to work at an advertising jingle company and the, the owner of that company once told me, he was like, we don't even know where our income is coming from in six months. Like if you want predictability, like this is not the industry, <laughs> music advertising, like this is not the industry, but we can control we, and, and the, you know, it's nice to control as much as we possibly can. And that, 
comes from our clarity and then being able to communicate what we've discovered in our clarity. So for me, and I'll just share this little sort of songwriter thing. I decided to take a train from Los An- from New York to Los Angeles when before the Grammys got canceled. I was like, I'll go to the Grammys and I'll take a train ride there. That sounds like that sounds like a unique like I just was itching to like travel, but you know, with COVID it's like where are you going to go to? And I was like, I'll get my own little room and I was like what if I make an album on the train ride out? It's a five day journey, right? So I'm like, what if I do like a electronic ambient? Cause I'm, I'm a new age artist, right? So I've hit charts and done all this. And a lot of my new age music is piano vocals. And I, I take source audio and I mani- manipulate it and make it sound electronic, but it's always an acoustic source. So I was like, what if I did the opposite? What if I did this inside the box um, sort of ambient kind of uh, record? And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And t- I was like, I'll just do it on my own. Like, what if I shared with my fans and like social media and everything that, hey, I'm going to try to be the first person ever, P.S., to create an album. There are a lot of people that have written books and done photography, things and poetry on this cross-country train trip. What if I was the first person to make an album on a cross-country train trip? And I was like, I don't know. I literally did not know if I could do it. Like, I'm like, I don't know how prolific I'm going to be. And and I, I just didn't. But I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say, I'm going to do it. And I went to like, you know, these Facebook groups that are train fans, like fans of Amtrak. There's like thousands and thousands of people in these groups. Oh, wow. And I was like, Hey, and I made like a one page, a really simple, like, Hey, if you want to follow the journey, sign up for my mailing list. Here's the live, like you can track the train where I am. And then I would post a couple like videos, uh, sort of reels each day of the journey. And I was, it was really simple one page. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. If you're interested, train fans, you can follow along this journey. And I had a really cool graphic that I created. And I had about 200 people sign up for my mailing list just from that one post inside this train fan group. And I was like, okay, it's really happening now. <laughs> How incredible. How incredible. And then what happened? Did you, did you finish I, it? I did. I did. I loved the experience so much. And the Grammys got canceled, but I, so I decided to just stay for a couple nights with my sister. And then I canceled my flight home and I took a train back. I, not because I needed more time to work on the album, but because I just loved the experience. And I did do some editing of, of what I wrote, but um, my goal was to do what the Recording Academy requires for a Grammy uh, eligible album, which is uh, half an hour of music and or five tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I ended up writing 12 tracks that were between three and five minutes and I like nine of them. So we'll have a, yeah. a nine, a nine track album and I'm, I'm mixing it next week and it's going to go to master on my birthday. It's like a whole thing. So I'm like that it happened. It's, you know, and now it's like, okay, cool. I need to come up with names for these tracks. So I'm going to bring my fans into that process. I'm going to help have them like pick the album cover. So I'm really keeping the journey going. Cause I mean, the journey, like the literal journey. It's very, it, all of the marketing and the, it's so easy with this train, like all aboard this record. Like I'm just, it's just, I'm here for all of the cliche train stuff. So. That is so cool. It's so cool that that this is just something that you were on this trip anyways, and you found this real, just authentic excuse to share about like what it is that you wanted to try to do. And it was like, there's a group of people that really follow Amtrak and, (laughs) You know, so how easy random. is that? Sounds like it's so easy to just like, if you are just a little creative about 
what you're just doing anyways in your life. What's interesting in your life? How can you merge what you're doing musically, authentically and organically with just what's happening in your life? Totally. I I mean, that, that is your, like, you're totally honing in on like the most important thing, which is if you're just in the habit of sharing in that way with your fans, it's not going to be weird to suddenly show up and start sharing. I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? So like early, early on, like 2007, I got invited with my band to play this uh, festival in Switzerland and they were covering all the costs once I got there. But I was like, Ooh, I am like living in a $400 apartment in Harlem. Like there is no way I can pay for four people's plane tickets to Switzerland from New York. Like what? So I, I went to my, like at the time, kind of small email list and was like, Hey, does anyone have unused airline miles? And we were able to fly three out of the four of us because people were like, Oh yeah, I have work miles that aren't going to show. Like people are so psyched. And like, we made little videos like on my flip phone, uh, um, <laughs> from Switzerland and like sent them to those people. Like they got some like insider stuff, you know, like there were these little rewards, like, Hey, if you're able to, like, this is what I'll give you. And it was really just being like willing to say, I want to do this, willing to ask for help, but not, I really don't love that word help, especially from an artist perspective, like your Patreon, your Kickstarters, like that's not people helping you. That's people, that's a, that's actually a transaction, right? Like they're getting an experience and you're getting the airline miles or the the money or the like whatever. And, and it's, it is a transaction and they're getting something out of that. So it's not asking for help. It's saying, Hey, I have an opportunity to partner with you and, and you can contribute this and I can contribute this. And like, this is what we'll make together. And if, if you're fan funding and your, your memberships and your patron, like whatever it is that you're doing, where you're trying to get people to help fund your stuff, which makes a lot of sense. Like it's hard to have an art, an arts career. That's not, funded by patrons in some way at some point, right? Like I've got seven albums. This will be my seventh, this passenger. That's what the train album is called. The passenger that this will be my seventh album. Two of my albums were fully fan funded for over 20,000 each. Not every album I go that direction, but it's, it's really hard to not engage with people in that way and have them contribute financially. And it's so much more powerful when you, when you do, when you really are coming from a partnership place versus a, please help me, please. I love that. And it's so true. You know, the whole GoFundMe thing, it's like there's there's emergency situations. It's like we don't want to take that energy into yeah. how we're, you know, working with the people that love what we do. Totally. Absolutely. It's really, it it, it is a different energy. Um, and people want to be attached to things to exciting things, things that are winning, you know, like my, my goal for my last two new age albums each year, I've, I've sort of done this, let's hit the the sales charts and let's get some traction so that we can go get a Grammy nomination, get in front of the people that, that are Grammy voters. Anyone that knows me is on my fan list there. They, if you ask them like, what does Cheryl want? What has she wanted for, for the past 18 years? People be like, Oh, Grammy nomination. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, and it's kind of a, it's a, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a joke, but it, it's yeah. at this point, it's kind of like a, it's just a game I'm playing. And it's, it's always like, am I creating music that's of the caliber that could be, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a compass, a quality compass for me and just, you know, something to, to work towards. But, uh, I was making a point and I don't remember what it was. So there's that. 
That's okay. This is a <laughs> free flowing conversation totally here. Actually, actually, Cheryl, I want to go back to something that you talked about because clarity is so important. It's it's like we have to at some point make decisions about what it is that we really want. But I just know for myself that there were there were times in my life where it really wasn't clear what I wanted. And it was it was really hard. And one of the things you just said where you were talking about like almost like goals as games. It's like your goals become not these like immovable objects that are impossible to attain and, and, and just like such a difficult thing. It's like you make it into a fun kind of thing. It makes me want to ask you the question, how have you found, how are you able to get into the clarity that you needed to make those bold declarations of what it is that you want and really like throw your whole force behind it and be it, but yet at the same time still be able to be buoyant around it and, and have fun with it. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, early, early on in my music career, I did a little bit of trial and error, which I don't recommend to people who are sort of know what the the landscape of the music industry is. But I, I interned for three months in a hip hop recording studio. I was like, maybe I'll be an engineer. And I realized I like windows um, and I don't like dark rooms. Um, <laughs> and I worked at an advertise. Like I did a lot of anything as a messenger in Manhattan that allowed me to go to a bunch of different video editing places and music houses and really sort of learned what the landscape was before saying, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, I don't like that. So if you're early on in the career, I I am never going to say, don't try a bunch of things and and see what happens. Get some internships, get some assistantships, you know, um, read a lot of blogs, all that stuff. But I, I think once you've sort of gone around what I call the musician success cycle, which is this, how I sort of frame, uh, anyone I coach or, or my membership amplify, which is all musicians, we have, everyone knows where they are in this, in this cycle. And we're constantly going around it, whether it's your third time or your 30th time. Um, but the first phase, every time you come through is learning and determining, like maybe there's some skills you need this time around. Maybe there's a new goal that you want to achieve and you want to know what that is before you go into phase two which is creation. This is where you make the thing, you make the record, you make the complimentary content, I call it like in music videos and all of the creative stuff. And once you're done with that, then you know, okay, cool. It's time for phase three. This is like the admin, the preparing stuff, the get the website up and running, you know, get fine tune your email list, make sure all the Facebook headers, everything's ready to go. So you can get into phase four, which is the pitching and the promotion and finally putting it out there because you're all ready to go. Right. Phase five is monetizing. And this is when you get the gigs and you go play and you collect the money and you sort of maintain all the other steps. And at some point you'll be ready for something new and you'll be like, now what? And now you're back in phase one having learned what you learned the last time through the cycle and you're like, okay, cool. Like maybe I need a new skill now, but I need to determine what do I want this time around? And so, so it's, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to use like the example that I had. So I was touring a ton when I was doing my second album. So I knew that I wanted that second album to support my tour. So I didn't want it to sound very different from my live show because I wanted people to be able to like take home that CD and feel like they could recreate the live show. So that really having determined that I did like I was able to dictate how the studio sessions went when we were in the creation phase, which was we did a lot of live takes the whole band together um, versus my third record. I was like, okay, I really want to get into licensing. So I determined that in my phase one. And so when I was creating the album, I did a lot of like epic uh, string sections and I made sure the instrumentals were really could stand on their own besides the vocals. My first four albums were in the pop realm, pop singer songwriter before I got into the new age stuff. And so I was super clear that that time around the musician success cycle, I was playing a licensing game. 
And that, that worked because that clarity was there and that dictated every action I took from then on. And there wasn't this overwhelm of like, do I also play gigs? And do I also try to get streaming? I'm like, no, I'm super clear this time around. Just this time around, and maybe next time if I want to, this time around is for licensing. And it takes away that overwhelm of trying, wanting to do all the things because there's so many ways to go. There's not one right way to have an indie music career. That is such an amazing summary of a process that you can go through reiterating from your experience and then realizing that you can always change lanes. I think that's one thing that so many independent artists out there, um, or perhaps they're independent artists that were really meant to be great producers or mixers or pitch people, but they always feel so tunnel vision about like what it is that they want to try to accomplish. They, they don't see a lot of times the possibilities uh, and just like they don't understand that they can always after an experience in their life where they try to accomplish something, they could always make the decision intelligently and with your whole heart to change lanes. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen so many musicians pivoting just because of COVID and, you know, that was one of the things my, my, my membership used to be a one zoom call a month for a couple of years. I've had it for about five years now. And then when COVID hit, we went live every single day because I knew musicians were like super lost. Like my gigs are canceled, my source of income, like what the heck. And in the first three months, like we pivoted, we figured out the tech of live shows. We figured out how to really powerfully ask for tips and, and sell CDs and merch. And we created merch stores. And like first three months, people were like making more money than they had made in years because we were able to pivot really powerfully and, and we're, and weren't afraid of like, well, what are my fans going to think? Like I've always done this and now I'm going to this. And I, I went through that. I'm like, I've always been pop and now I'm going to new age. Like how, what are they going to think? And like pe- your fans become fans of you and the journey. And yes, you're, there's a style to the, your music, but you've got to trust them that they're going to, they're already, they're hooked and they're going to be there. And so it's, it's really, it's really powerful to just go with the pivot if you're feeling it, or you see there's a real reason to pivot like a pandemic. So amazing that you were able to show up for them in that way when they needed it the most and see these massive transformations that are possible. Makes me want to talk about in the key of success. What's the story behind the company that you created? Uh, I started getting at early on, um, maybe 10 years ago, I started getting asked to speak on panels and I, I loved conferences. I loved the networking there. I loved knowing that you could just go up to anyone and be like, Hey, what do you do? And like, see if there's synergy and then move on. You didn't have to do all the intro. Everyone was there for the same reason. Um, and so I got, I started getting asked to speak on panels about just doing things as an indie artist. Um, I had some commercial placements and I had toured a bunch and sort of had like the full-time music thing going on. I also was composing for some films. And so I had this well-rounded, um, you know, indie music career. And I started to slowly realize that a lot of people's questions were around connecting with fans. And I started to really examine my own fan base and how I made my money from them. And, and, and I realized it was all through email. So I went down a rabbit hole of really learning about email marketing, not just from my own perspective, but so that I could coach people from it. And I've had in my twenties, I did a lot of personal development and coaching training. So I have about 850 hours of training as a career coach, which I never intended to make a full-time business, but I, I really was able to use it to answer people's questions and, and listen for what they wanted that they didn't even know they were saying. And that's really like my superpower as a coach is to hear what you want and then create a really clear plan to get it when you didn't even hear yourself saying that. (laughs) Um, So that kind of led to me create, someone was like, someone's actually Lou Playa, who 
uh, started Reverb Nation, saw me speak and came up to me afterwards. He's like, you need to write a book. And I was like, nope, not doing that. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for writing a book. Come on now. And I did end up creating like a, a an online course, like a 70 page PDF that kind of was a little bit more active than like a workbook, not a book book um, that brought in some of the things I had examined around my own career and what I really thought were important. Um, and it, it's still, you know, even 10 years after creating that comes down to this clarity, very clear articulation and communication uh, and action. And so that turned into a, a course on email marketing. It's called Rock Your Email List. It's still the only program that's like start to finish how to set up an email list for musicians. Um, it comes with templates, like how to engage with your list if you haven't talked to them in a while, how to like wake up a sleepy list, how to sell to them without feeling like a car salesman. So I created that course and I have some other um, coaching options, but really the the focus now is Amplify, the the membership where they get access to a bunch of my my stuff, but we have these weekly calls. Now that now they're weekly, they're not every day. We did three months of everyday Zoom calls and I was like, whew, okay, that's a, that's a lot of me. I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know if everyone needs that anymore. So it's, it's once a week, there's an amazing community You have small groups. There's, there's a ton of content there, but it's really just show up and take what you need. And at any given point, it's, it's right for you. And just, you know, you have this cheerleading support. You can come in and declare your wins and share, like, there's this culture of like not wanting to brag. And especially when you do something that's like, actually bra- like you should you should share this win so we really really um ride the momentum of small wins and big wins and declaring what we want and like trying it out trying out pitches before we go out into our fan base so it's really a a safe place to 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 level up bringing it back to that first first phrase you said amazing goes full circle right yes look at that so what about if people want to find out about this community, where can people go to find out about that? You can go to inthekeyofsuccess.com. Inthekeyofsuccess.com. All my listeners out there, this sounds cool to you. Go check it out. Cheryl, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been such an awesome interview. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. This is great. Everybody have a good one. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the M3 Podcast. Your support is so appreciated. I want to give a shout out to all my movers and shakers on Patreon, especially the shout out crew, Andreas and Mary. There's also an all access pass tier for anyone who wants to watch video replays of live M3 events, as well as unedited podcast episodes and other exclusive content. If you'd like to support M3 on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash make moves and music. For new podcast episode notifications, don't forget to hit subscribe. You can join our online community at makemovesandmusic.com. We're also on Instagram at makemovesandmusic. Thanks again, and see you next time.